guess who? It's your favorite co-host from the newly revamped number one rated podcast in the world, How You Feeling with Coco and Fran. I'm Coco, by the way. Anyway, we love what we're doing here, and we want to continue to grow and improve by bringing you quality episodes each week. One of the best ways to help us is with financial support. For as little as 99 cents a month, you will be contributing to the growth and success of this podcast. That's less than $12 a year. Just click the link in any episode description and become a sponsor. We'd really appreciate it. She's Coco, and he's Fran, and they want to know, how you feeling? Hello there, Fran. Sorry, I had a little burp there. Oh, I didn't hear it. Damn it. I hope the mic picked it up. It did. Okay, cool. (laughs) So, how are you feeling? I am good. I'm freshly. Yeah, I was going to say your face looks different. I did a little charcoal. You know, those like, yeah, peel peel off charcoal masks, Mm -hmm. which can be very painful. But I I learned that you really do need to take it off like a Band-Aid, especially when you're around the more delicate areas. I don't put it very close to my eye, but it's still can hurt mm. but you you legit have to yoink it right off yoink it yoink it okay is that a canadian thing sure okay i don't know, you know my face feels my face feels nice and smooth i did a little um glycolic acid toner after so it does look a little redder than normal but mm. you look good though i feel good thanks how are you feeling I'm okay. Just a long day at work. Yes. Yes. So, so what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about what? We're talking about the human journey. (laughs) It's so important. The human journey. What is our purpose in life? What is our our journey you know, it's funny that you said human journey because there used to be a chinese restaurant near me called hunan journey oh nice we yeah. we go to a restaurant and we sometimes order hunan dumplings and on the receipt get this on the receipt it'll say human dumplings listen so, they're being honest about the ingredients exactly just- so very delicious with a peanut sauce oh you love a good peanut sauce let me tell right? you right so yeah we're talking about the human journey what is what how do people you know come about with their purpose in life their 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 trajectory their their goals all of that stuff gotcha destination we're all on a journey right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i um I wanted to say, speaking of journeys, Mm. for those of you who have not listened to our appearance on MLBC, listen, it's never too late. Whenever this episode airs, (laughs) look for the podcast MLVC and Coco and I are on there talking about all things Madonna. Um, They are our friend, our friend podcast. our friend podcast they support us we support them yes and uh, um i apologize to all the madonna fans for my seriously lacking knowledge in i mean all things madonna if you're in your defense whatever topic we would have discussed you probably would have had limited knowledge exactly so it's all good i had fun it's a great episode the guys are great so have a listen have a listen. Have a listen. So, so we've got a we've got a um, a guest that's going to be joining us soon. 
I believe she's in the waiting room right now. Is she? she? Yes. Okay. So we should definitely bring her in and maybe she can just tell us about herself. So we don't have to do that because we we don't want to work more than we need to. Right. We just like to provide the minimum of everything. Mm -hmm. Free vibrators for everyone. All right. Let's get her in. Who who are we talking with, by the way, by the way? Introduce like have her introduce herself. Okay. Let's see. Who is joining us today? Look at me, looking professional. It's it's like a it's like a uh, Russian roulette. Which guest is joining us today? <laughs> uh who is who is that? Hi, can you introduce yourself? Can you Hi. hear us? Yeah, can you guys see me? Yes. Hey, Aaron. Hi. Hi. How are you? I love you? I love the hair over the shoulder. <laughs> the summer I love going on right now. It's wonderful. Thank so you. Let, t- tell our listeners who you are. I don't think they caught your name. Okay. First name, Aaron, and I am good friends with Francesco. Yes. I was, I was on a little while ago, a couple episodes ago. We went on like rants about COVID. It was good. Yes. I remember <laughs> that. That was a good episode. <laughs> well, thanks. It was Thank one of our longest episodes we ever we ever done in our lives. That's true. That's true. It wasn't. Remember long. how many guests we had on? We were just like banking them. <laughs> um, so you how so much? How, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today yeah. on how you feeling with Coco and Fran. Yeah, I saw I saw that you guys changed, and I think that's awesome that you're more like mental health awareness type oriented and helping people, which I think is pretty fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So how are you feeling, Erin? Pretty good. Um, in general? Uh-huh. Yes. Get, yeah. get was, in there. Um, overall, good. I have my health. Everybody's healthy, so that's always good. Um, I'm a teacher, so I'm on summer break still, but that's going to end soon. So I'm feeling a little nervous about that, even though it will be my 12th year teaching. He's still getting mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of been on the mind right now. I think and I'm sure, and I'm sure there's like an added layer, obviously, with the whole COVID. I don't know what 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 kind of precautions every school is is taking, you know, uh, into consideration. But yeah. that obviously plays a lot in terms of your own kind of state of mind. Absolutely, and also the school is currently going under a ton of construction as well. So. Um, I am taking, I'm trying to take the mindset of trying to realize I can't control everything mm-hmm. and, nice. <laughs> and only plan so much, but I really can't like obsess about it because I don't even know if I'm walking into a finished classroom yet. So, and I think like last year, there was so many variables and this year, there's so many variables as well. That's, it's just like, at this point, I'm just going to try the best I can and take it one, literally one day at a time, you know, the first day, I don't even know what I'm walking into the first day. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, that's been, I'm trying to spend a lot of time calming the mind of that. So. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do for, for yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you know, you said, you said you've been working as a teacher for 12 years, like you know, I know, and I'm, these are not your words, this is just teachers that I've known in the past, because they hold on for tenure, right? Do you think there's a point where teachers are like, I'm almost there, I can't stand this, but I gotta hold on. How do I wait till I get there? You know, don't you think there's like, it's one of those professions where you've got to wait to almost get to like graduation. It's like, it's almost like, I can't let go. I'm this close. I'm three years away. I gotta hold on. Like, have you ever met people who hate what they're doing, but they're just hanging on? Yes. I would say, <laughs> I would say, oh gosh, a hundred percent of teachers that I know who have retired mm-hmm. have said the same thing, which is, um, I knew I was ready when I no longer enjoyed seeing the students every day. And then they knew it was time to go because I think with all professions, you know, there are always pros and cons to everything that we do. Um, but I think you have to enjoy spending your time with children and students if you're in education. And if you get to that point where you're really 
not enjoying that, then I've heard every single teacher that I know who's retired was like, I knew it was time. I didn't want to come in. I didn't enjoy my classes and my students and uh, it was time for me to go. But you're right, Francesco. I think like, I think for a teacher mindset too, I, I think a lot of teachers hold on for tenure. I'm not sure why I really, I mean, I had tenure and I lost my job because I was the first, or excuse me, I was the last one hired in my um, program. And so you're the last one hired, first one out. Oh, so, man. you know, and um, I, I don't put much hold in that. And, you know, I think if anything, it's a relief. You feel like you, you've been accepted in a way. But um, for me, tenure doesn't really mean too much in terms of like job security or a, and a goal I want to attain for others. It definitely is. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think um, I think with with teaching, especially it's it's I think a lot of teachers hold on to it. But once you get to that point of retiring, <laughs> you're ready to go. Yeah. So what is what is the average age that teachers retire? What's that retirement? Is it like elderly? It depends on the state. So the state I'm in, um, they have been changing how that works. It, it does go by age. It goes by how many years you have in the um, pension system as well. So like I, I knew a teacher, one of my good friends, she's 55 and retired in this past year, in the middle of the year. And she had um, 30 years in teaching. So she got all of the health benefits. She'll get um, her full pension, all of that good stuff. Um, but that in, in the state I'm in, that's changed. So like, I can't retire technically. I mean, I, I could retire after I have 25 years in, but if I want to reap all the benefits for my pension system, I have to be, I think like 60, I have to be 62 and have 25 years in. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm kind of grandfathered in. It's like anybody who now gets hired I think you have to be 65 or 67 to be able to retire. Oh. Or two. Yeah. So what, so what do you think outside of teaching? What, what do you think goes through people's minds who stay in jobs that they don't like? Like I always think about the jobs that I've had and the number one that I absolutely hate is anything retail related. And, 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 yeah, Aaron and, and I, Aaron and I can't relate to that. And, and it's, I remember a couple of Christmases ago, I went back to um, a department store that I used to work in. It's one of those big kind of, you know, kind of like a Macy's. Um, and I hadn't worked there since 2007. So I was walking through the departments and I recognized some people who were Ooh. still there. And these were, these were kind of older people to begin with when I was working there. I would say probably at the time they might've been late forties, early fifties. So now we're talking they're in their sixties at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and they were still there. And it's like, these, these are lifers and uh, you know that they don't like their job. You could just tell from, the, their their demeanor you know there's no there's no joy there's no life in their eyes there's nothing and yet they continue to go to this job uh, like what what why do you think people do stuff like that I think there's a lot of reasons like I, I know when I was working retail for me it was a transitional position because I was able to have more flexibility with my hours and my time because I was in grad school trying to get my master's in education, all of that. So like it, I looked at that job more as a transitional and I hated it, but it afforded me the opportunity to continue my education for a further goal, you know, that I was going to continue to pursue. But I'm thinking a lot about why people stay in jobs they don't like. And there's so many different reasons that it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, you know, some people are scared, they have that fear of leaving their jobs and um, not, not being able to be successful in another job or fear of leaving something that at least they know what it is. Yeah, yeah right? because I think, I think when you've been in a position like that, where there's not a lot of, you don't need to have a lot of education and skill to, to get something like this. So when, when they've been in that position for 10, 15, 20 years, it's, it's difficult for them to, or, or they, they, perceive this lack of other skills 
needed to to get better positions for or, example or think they don't have them that's how exactly. they might but yes. they, they, some people are like oh my gosh i've been in retail or i've been in this position 10 years and all i have to show for that is that i can do x y and z mm-hmm. but meanwhile they probably have a ton of other skills that could be transferred to a different type of job that they yeah. aren't aware of and then you know who's going to tell them that as well yeah. that's like the general public is not going to have a a life career coach coming in and saying like, Hey, let's rework your resume. You know, it's just like, you, I think a lot of people are in that mindset too. Of like, I don't really know where to go. I don't know what else my skills will lead me to do. And also, um, I, I just don't think they have that mindset of that. They could apply their skills into something else. Mm, but you're right. What you said about fear. Yeah, that that is a huge one. And and Fran and I, we talk about that a lot. People yeah. just have this fear of change, fear of anything that's going to push them out of their comfort zone. One hundred percent. Well, you know, and also if I can play devil's advocate, there's plenty of people I've worked with through the years, especially in retail, who have a very healthy relationship with the job, no matter how long they've been there. Yeah, because their attitude is very simple. I'm here for one of two things or both. I'm here because of the health benefits or I have known plenty of people I've worked with, especially in high-end retail, where they have all the money in the world and don't need the money to stay there. And they just love that 40% off that they're getting on everything they buy. That's true. And literally their paycheck goes right back to the company. Because all they do is buy stuff and they're there to buy stuff. And I've gone to old retail places that I've used to work with working years and years and years ago. And the same people are standing there. And I knew their story then and their story hasn't changed. They work five, 10 hours a week. They get that 40% off. Maybe their significant other makes a ton of money and they're all set up at home. And they're just kind of like, no matter what age they are, they're just like, this is my shopping. I'm going to spend this money anyway. Why mm-hmm. not get the discount? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You it's know? So, um, so how, Aaron, how do you think people figure out what they want to do and like what they're meant to do? How do you think that happens in like the normal brain, the, the, the brain that has enough vitamin D? <laughs> Or, or give us a, give us what, how did you figure out? Oh, I didn't, I have not. And that's, a, I don't think anybody, no, I, I really, still hasn't. I still have, yeah, I, I really think, I mean, that's, that saying holds true, you know, we're like, you talk to children and they're like, and you ask them, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, no one does. And it's kind of yeah. like, oh, no yeah. one does. I, I think, um, oh gosh, I don't know. I think in my experience, and I, I think many other people may relate to this, that um, especially the weight of going to college and getting an education for you to be able to get a good job, no one really addresses the transition out of college. Yes. Because you have this degree, you've spent money, um, and like you're, you're like kind of expecting to get a good job. Yeah. And I feel like the 20s is a very tumultuous time of people trying to figure out what's happening where where it's like the first time you are you're out of an education system that is telling you where to be every day you're no longer held to a bell you're no longer held to a schedule even of like oh okay I know I'll be in this location from September through whatever then I have a two-month break you know like that that's gone Your, your structure of life since you were five starting in kindergarten is gone yeah. So I feel like the 20s is really a time where people tend to get more transitional jobs, float around, you switch your friend groups, which even impacts your employment and your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like as people make their way into their 30s, then you have the added pressure of more responsibilities. Maybe you've earned enough to purchase um, a home, maybe you have your own apartment, maybe you have a car. So then that adds like a whole nother layer on top of like, oh, I need to find something for security and to be able to maintain this lifestyle. And then- So so everyone is just pursuing what they should be doing in order to get the things that they want to get. And they're not necessarily pursuing what they truly love. I think in some cases, yes. I think there are people that do pursue what they love and they are able to achieve that. Um, 
I, <laughs> I've met few people that can say, I, that can really wholeheartedly say like, yes, I'm doing what I love. I'm meant to do this. This is, this is my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a lot more conversations like this of like, yeah, I really like what I'm doing, but I kind of want to push myself further or I want to learn a new skill or I want to help people is a really big one. I think, I think, and you know, let me know your opinions, but people find, I'm making a big assumption here, but people can find more happiness in a position that allows them to help. I think, yeah, I think uh, everyone loves that feeling of helping someone in some capacity. Right. And then it's a matter of like, what are you going, what does that mean for you as an individual? Like, because my, my definition of help is different from yours. You know, like mine might be as an educator, it's like helping students uh, to problem solve so that they can make better decisions in life, you know, whereas your help might be something different. But I feel like if you can concentrate on that aspect of your focus for what you want to do, that will help you. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when you're talking about you know, sort of getting to something you love to do and standing there and going, this is something that I love to do. And I think there's a lot of people I know who are doing something that they love to do. But if you would have asked them 20 years ago, if this is what they'd be doing, they probably wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's this, this real fairy tale idea of like when you were talking about college before, the number of times I get people who come to me in my work who will say, I went to eight years of college studying something that I thought I absolutely would love and a year on the job, I couldn't stand it. And imagine what that does to you. Mm -hmm. The expectation that your family society has said, you go and do this, this is what you love. And after eight years of school, you're like, yeah, I walked away with a pretty education, but I'm not going to get a job in that education, that, um, that field at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think about that. Like when I think of my, my own personal journey, if we could rewind to when I was 18 years old, I would never have told you I'd be doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. yeah. but I absolutely love it because it gives me the opportunity to also do the other things I want to do. Like, you know, I essentially want to do something that's going to give me the platform to speak publicly and to affect people in a way that, you know, I can speak to masses of people, you know, like I'm not the person who likes to make change in a little corner. I like to make changes on like, you know, world stages. I want to, I want to affect people in, in larger places. I want to write books. I want to write movies. I want to, I want to affect people in that way. But if you would have asked me when I was 18, I would have been like, I want to be a lead in a movie, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. You know, and I can still do that, but the reality is, is that I I love what I do, and I tell Coco this all the time. I don't know if I said this on air. I'm 46 years old, and at this age, I'm not going to do something I don't like to do. No, I'm no. not going to hang out with people I don't like. I'm not going to be forced to do things that other people think I should be doing. It's just not right because in the blink of an eye, we will all be dead and we'll be pissed off at ourselves for doing it. Mm-hmm. Because that's the that's the end, you know. So I think like when you were saying about the jobs and getting to work, like I think there are people that I have met at least that are happy doing what they're doing. But I mean, it's also that definition of happiness. Like you talk to people sometimes and you're like, especially young people, they have this idea that every single day is going to be like walking on rainbows at work because you're doing something you love. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's like relationships. I'm always leery of a relationship where there's never a fight. Yeah. It's like, there's gotta be a rough spot. There Mm -hmm. has to be. It's just normal. Happiness Mm -hmm. is temporary. It's, it's momentary. It's, it's, you know, when you start to feel shitty, have a glass of wine. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> wine solves everything. Eat a burrito. <laughs> yeah, eat a, eat a burrito for real. I mean, you know, so um, how much of what people say affects our own personal journey and destination? Like what I mean by that is how much of the outside, like when I was just saying the story about parents affecting young people, 
you know, our society affecting young people, how much of what people do to make money and to make a living is affected by outside opinion? Hmm. A lot. <laughs> Coco has her. I, ha- I have, I mean, I'm why? Go like, for it, Coco. Go while Aaron. Well, no, I mean, when you're talking about what people say, and I've mentioned this in, an ev- in that one episode about my guidance counselor, how, how much that person's words affected my journey, you know, where I thought about all of these things that I wanted to do, wanted to study all of that. And that person's words discouraged me from, from pursuing that. And so my path was changed because I didn't think that I could get or, or do what I, what I, initially wanted to do but then uh, going back to the what we were talking earlier i would have if you asked me when i was 18 years old would i have known that i I wanted to pursue and do photography full-time i would have said no like that wasn't even a thought in my mind so it's like you don't know you don't know what your journey is going to where where it's going to take you I kept, and I still do, a diary since sixth grade. Wow. First page, first entry, it says I want to be a teacher. That's awesome. And it's funny because I did the opposite. I didn't pursue that degree at all. Oh, no. <laughs> Until later. What did you What did you initially pursue? You know, film and TV, media, communications. And I worked in New York for a, a couple of years. And then kind of like Francesco said, I was like, mm-hmm. holy moly, this is scary it's not stable you know it wasn't my personality wasn't suited for that I would I need the routine mm-hmm. but I laughed to myself that like you know I am one of those people that had established that sentiment at least at a yeah. very young age but it took me but, what, but you know but this brings me to this what was your Aaron what was your family's what what did they want you to do what was what were the words of encouragement or discouragement that you heard? Oh God, my they just wanted me to make a decision. I mean, my my I'm not even kidding. I mean, I was the aloof, like whatever, laid back. I'm. Uh, I mean, this is really. I just. I. I avoided. Mm. You know, I didn't even like. I I applied to two colleges. Cause I was like, whatever. And just like you Coco, like the guidance counselor. Oh my gosh. She my I have an older sister and she was the same guidance counselor and really same thing steered my sister in a very horrible way. It was like, Oh, well, you'll, you know, you should just go become a hairdresser because <laughs> no, really she had learning disabilities. Would, and she was like, well, you're not going to be able to make it into a college. So we're, we're, you know, are going that to, is, that is, that is your sister, your sister would have made a great hairdresser though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so I, I had the same woman and my parents, you know, thankfully were always very supportive of our education and, and in our lives. So my dad went with me to our meeting and in the car ride, he was like, this is just a joke. Like, don't listen to anything this woman has to say because, and I already knew the thing that yeah. you know, happened with my sister. So I go, all right, well, let's, um, let's like have some fun with this. And mm. I get my humor from my desk. He's like, yeah, what do you want to do? I was like, I'll bet you $5. Um, I will tell her I want to be a professional wrestler when she asks me what I want to do for my life. <laughs> and this was pre-computer searches too. This is, remember those college books? Did you ever, you had to buy a oh, yeah. bookstore, you buy a huge college book. You'd, have, you'd read everything about the colleges, population, yep. like, oh my gosh. So she's sitting there. And she's like, all right, Erin, what do you think? What do you think you want to do with your life? And I was like, I've been thinking really hard about it. And um, I think I want to pursue becoming a professional wrestler. My God, I love it. Sat there, no expression, just stared at me. And then she looked at my dad. And my dad was like, we've given it a lot of thought. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And she opens up the college book. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do. Let's see. And she's like, you know, flipping through pages. Like, let me look at professional wrestling. (laughs) And it was just like, it was such a joke. But I I wonder from your experience too, it's like if that horribleness hadn't already happened with my sister, you know, would her words have affected me as well? I I don't, I don't know. I, I find that 
the opinions of the people that I love and are closest to affect me much more now than someone like her would have. But at yeah. that tender age, you right, you are, you don't feel like you have control and no. you don't feel like you have the ability to make decisions because it's all just very confusing. And, you know, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, when I have heart to hearts with my friends about stuff, like everything they say has so much more meaning and depth to it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my God, there's one woman who told me um, a couple of years ago, she was just like, um, think about your life in two, two years from now or five years from now, would you be happy if nothing changed? And I think about that all the time. And I only met her for like an hour, but like that one statement in question was so impactful to me. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Like I like what's happening now, but in five years, do I want to be exactly here or mm-hmm. what, what is the next step? So I think it, it can depend your age. Yeah. Who you run into of how words from others really can impact. Well, well like aside from work, just in general, I know this is kind of a side topic because we are talking about how people's words affect us. Mm-hmm. How affected are you by other people's opinions? I mean, do you really, like, you know, people walk around and they say, oh, I don't care what other people think. Like for me, I can honestly tell you, I would never be where I am right now if I cared about what people thought. Um, do I care about no one's thought? No, but there's probably two or three people in my life that I really take seriously when they have something to tell me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I really don't care about everyone else. Have you always been like that though? Um, no, it, you know what? When I was younger, no, but what happened was what really was a shift for me is that I grew up fat my whole life. And when I got out of high school and I started to really start to look different by senior year, and then I went into acting school, I started to run into people that I went to high school with who wanted to go out with me like after high school. And I'm like, oh, because I look different now. And that was the moment where I said, wow, I spent all these years worrying about what these people thought and their opinion doesn't matter because look at how shifty they are. Yeah, Like they go from one side to the other, you know, like I'm like, bullshit. Some girl told me after high school, oh, I always had a crush on you. No, you didn't. I could barely wear a shirt. <laughs> but I mean, it's still like, you know, I, 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 for myself, I try to get out of that or try to get in, in that same mindset where only the people who matter or that are important to me, th- those opinions matter. So some rando on the street or, or, or online, like they, they, whatever they say that hurts, hurts me in some way, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take that comment to heart, but I think there's still a part of all of us where that little negative comment still whittles its way in, but not to completely destroy everything that you've built or created, but you still think about it. I think that's human nature. Sure. I mean, I think it's all different levels. I mean, but also when you say people you care about, I have plenty of friends, like honestly, and I'm not ashamed to say it. There's even maybe friends who are listening to the show right now. I really don't care what they have to say because they don't have their shit together. Oh, I, you know? I understand. And also, also, there's times where friends give me horrible advice because it's totally geared towards their own ego ego and their own, you know, like I have friends of mine in my life. I'm not ashamed to say it. They'll tell me not to do something because it involves me doing it with another friend and not with them. And so their underlying thing, they may, you're making the face, but you know, they may not even know themselves that they're telling me no Mm. because of that reason. But the reality is I know not that I'm some magical intuitive, but I know why they're saying that. And that's why sometimes I'm like, I love my friends. I love them for their flaws, but I don't care about what my friends say. You know, you can't, you can't because yeah. it's going to change. You know, we're all in development right now, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, it's that thing. But anyway, back to our guest. Our guest is still here. Right? <laughs> Hi, Erin. Hi. I, I try it when... Um when I'm talking with people and they're, they 
first I always try and establish in those types of conversations too, like, do you, what is my role in it? Do you want me to listen? And be a, or do you want me to be a sounding board where we're going to engage back and forth with ideas? Because that's a, those are two totally, you know, some people just need to be heard mm. and validated and like, oh gosh, that's horrible. I'm sorry to hear that happened or whatever. That's wonderful. And then other times, you know, people are looking for like, I need some ideas and some feedback here. Like, what should I do in this scenario? Mm-hmm. So if I am in one of those conversations where a person is seeking out advice or suggestions, I always try to incorporate the phrase like, from my experience and from what I have, because you can really only speak to yourself, you know, like you can't make, you can't speak about it. And I love, and I love that because, you know, even you and I, Aaron, I have said to you several times, I am, I am not the same person I was even 10 years ago because I used to always give people my opinion. And meanwhile, now I'll say to people, I'll say it twice. Do you really want to hear what I have to say? (laughs) And they're like, yes. And I'm like, no, are you sure? Because I'm going to be honest and it may not be easy for you to take, but I'm just going to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I just feel like I love that approach because like you said, it's, it's the sounding, but like, you know, Coco, you were talking about that voice in your head, right? Like that voice, has that voice ever affected you? Besides the guidance counselor, has it ever affected you in the sense of like, you were not doing really what you wanted to do? Uh, a couple of times, yes. Okay. It, 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 actually, the, I, I had this discussion with you recently with the whole, that other layer of photography that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I, because of the feedback that I got I started really questioning whether or not this was something that I should do in my life. And not just Isn't that, that funny one, one asshole gives you right? that. Right. And that's the thing yeah. that, that that's incredible. Like something that Madonna once said, oh, where you can wow. get nine, 99 compliments on something. And it's that one asshole that says a negative makes a negative comment and that's the one asshole that you fixate on and we're that's that's exactly what happened with me i yeah, fixated I mean, I on just that one percent i used to just fuck them and then they're okay <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a good bang right that gets it sorts everything out <laughs> but yeah like i fixated cool. on this one you know the feedback of this one person everything was kind of resolved in the end and I you know I I got back my confidence in that respect but at that moment I I seriously started questioning whether or not photography was my thing Mm. and it and and I and it felt awful it really did it Mm. really did so it's like you get those you start asking yourself well what the hell is my purpose in life Mm -hmm. you know well, here's, here's a little like, you know, twist to the show. Uh Oh, if you weren't doing, this is for both of you. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you do? Like, and, and it's, it's let's in this scenario, it's perfect. It's like, it's something that maybe in the blink of an eye, you can go to school and just become that person. <laughs> so what would it be because normally people are like oh i wouldn't do that because it would take too long at this age but let's just imagine that you can just have it by tomorrow morning i've said it once before um in in music in some capacity but what do you mean specifically can you be specific i mean if i maybe a singer oh shit some kind of a musician yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right relax i'm not gonna turn into Cher and eddie vetter <laughs> Christina Aguilera and Cher together. But no, seriously, like I, I love music. Music is, is a huge passion of mine. And I wish I had more, uh, more exposure in the sense of learning music and learning instruments when I was younger. Um, I did chorus and I loved singing. I loved singing a lot and getting the pot, you know, the positive feedback from, from that was, was huge. So if I was to choose something that I could pursue or that I, you know, have some kind of career 
music in some Well, you know me and you, like we're in our 60s. We're going to own like a record store together. Of course we are. We're, we're going to be wearing patchwork jackets. Of course. We're going to be smoking <laughs> cigarettes that smell like cinnamon. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna be doing those dinner theaters and singing like in but jazz. Everyone's going to walk in the record store and be like, Jimi Hendrix right over here. Let me show you. <laughs> We totally will be. <laughs> totally. And drinking and eating since like nine o'clock in the morning. We're like, yep. we'll die soon. Who cares? Right? Exactly. But what yeah, about that, you, Erin? Yeah. Um, probably something in the science field, like neuroscience. Mm. Mm. Nice. But you know, the thing about you that people don't know, that I know, is that, get ready. Aaron's like, what is he gonna say? Listen, I don't I don't want to say this prematurely because I don't know how she's gonna react, but what I think she's gonna do is she's gonna get like all modest and be like, Aaron is an awesome singer. Yes, she's got an amazing voice. Like when she sings, you're like, holy shit. Like I recorded her once and brought it home, and Jen was like, fuck you. <laughs> she was like no fuck you no no i'm not even listening to the rest of this <laughs> and then she can play like fucking what eight instruments no what do you play guitar seven self-taught guitar okay so, oh yeah because that's that doesn't mean anything it does actually i, I, I didn't tell it myself so <laughs> and also she's an amazing obviously she's she's can i am i allowed to say you teach art Okay, she's an art teacher, but she's like not that art teacher who's like, hey, we're gonna trace some things, kids. Like she actually- We're gonna, we're like, gonna work with negative space. <laughs> she, she's like, I saw Warhol once in a diner and it inspired me to become an artist. But no, she she literally like, I, 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 I don't know, it commissioned you? No, I didn't commission you. I have this wonderful piece that she did of Lou. Yes. And she is just an amazing artist. So that's why when you said scientist, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting you to be like, you know. Oh, uh, what? What is that that you're doing? Wait, you know what I imagine you to be like? Like a Joni Mitchell, where she was like recording music and she was selling art. And, like running, she's doing and running her, through the forest behind me. I see. Your arm just <laughs> playing, playing your tambourine. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, that's that's something Aaron doesn't talk about. That's why I was I brought it up because I was yeah. for a minute I just was like, oh, she's gonna say she wanted to be in a band. I was like, hmm, science. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think my and that, that, that's like the dilemma I'm in right now. It's like I want to keep pursuing and doing something that's really wonderful and helpful and interesting you know and I think I get that from my parents honestly I mean well see here's the thing this is what happens and I and you don't have to agree with me but what I find is even with the work I do now whenever someone is interested in something that's different than what they're doing and they're kind of like hey this might be something I'll do in the future I always suggest to them take classes in it you don't necessarily have to go and get your degree in it, take classes in it, join groups with like-minded people who are also doing it. You don't know what will come of it because, you know, I always say like my transition, when I look at my entire life from the time I was 20 till now, I couldn't tell you how I even got where I got where I am now. I am truly happy doing my job, you know, and I make a decent living doing it. And I'm happy doing it. Don't know how I got here. Who knows? But I've always had an outside interest in this type of thing. Like I remember even when I was acting in theater or doing, you know, work in, I don't know, TV shows and stuff, people used to ask me, what would you do if it wasn't this? I'd always be like, oh, I totally know. I would be a psychiatrist. I'd be a therapist. And this is like the closest thing to what I do. Mm. You know, my daughter always calls me a therapist or a psychiatrist. I'm like, you know, I'm not really that. (laughs) She's like, it's the same thing. And I'm like, okay, maybe, but not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what I say to you, Aaron, like all these other things that you're, you want to do, take classes in them or Zoom groups or meetup groups or 
you know, get involved that way. And that's how you discover yourself. Yeah, I've I've been doing that, doing a lot of reading. I've been looking at different, I mean, this is the problem that that even is full circle back to the beginning of the conversation, right? It's like, I'm burdened, but in a good way with responsibilities that my job is allowing me to maintain. So to leave my job or to even go back to school now at my age and stage of life, like I'm so young, but that's really You look good too. You look good. (laughs) I mean, because you showed up. Some of our guests, they show up with like a piece of corn in their hand. Like, I mean, no, our guests, sometimes they show up as like, you know, they're in the, they're in the bathroom. It's like, I, I like that. Not only you disparage the MLVC's listeners or guests, yeah. but now you're disparaging our guests. I, well, actually they cut that out of the episode. So yes. we'll never hear it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's great. But no, I mean, you know, I'm hearing you and absolutely you are young enough where believe it or not, it could change without you even really putting pressure on some specific area, you know, and you've always been really good at inspiring yourself. And like, I feel like even when you're not working, you're working, like you're always doing something like you're making a quilt, you're, you're building a house. There's always something you're doing. It's true. Building a house. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's like, and I actually, this past year was very odd for COVID because I did not have a classroom and I didn't see children over Zoom. I didn't see them in person. And the majority of my day in the morning was spent sitting. And I was like, this is, you know, I'm thankful I have a job and I'm still teaching art in some capacity. But um, I took so many workshops. Mm-hmm. I pushed myself into leadership roles in the school, for you. you know, and like, and I love some of my coworkers, but what compared to what they were doing, you know, I just couldn't do what they were doing. Where no. you're reading, watching the news or, or well, some people, but see some people. And I think that's, I honestly think with you, I think that's where your artist comes in mm-hmm. because there's always a need to do more and read more yes. and expand and be inspired. And like, like when I would do shows sometimes like comedy shows, people didn't even realize like the amount of inspiration that went into it. Like, the amount of reading I was doing, the amount of like YouTube videos I was watching because I was trying to get a theme. I was trying to get an idea. And that's kind of like what you're doing too. It's like, you're constantly wanting to feel inspired and people don't understand with artists. Like we constantly have to be fed. Mm -hmm. We constantly have to, you know, not eat like Coco does, but I mean, like no one can eat like me. Her appetite for food and sex is unbelievable. Off the charts. Off the charts. <laughs> it can't even be measured. <laughs> well, although you do love to measure things. I do. <laughs> if you don't measure up, <laughs> out. There. Get them out. Um, out. <laughs> okay, so how do we, how do you figure that out? How do you figure out like, and not you, Aaron, but how would you, like, if one of your students came to you and said, how do I figure out what I want to do? What would you say to them? List all the things you're interested in. That's your starting point, right? You have to pull from something that you would, you actually like. I don't think that changes much when you're younger. I think, I think by the time you're in high school, there are certain things that are just established that you like. You might learn more things and like different things, but I think that's a good starting point. You know, I, I think also a, a big thing, going back to what you were saying, when uh, when we go and do all of this, we 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 get the education, we we spent how many years studying, and then we get into this workforce doing what we studied and not liking it. I think it's really important that there are opportunities for kids in high school and maybe even like, well, I don't know if younger, but to, to, to do like workplace, some kind of placement where they, they get that real life experience so they can figure out, okay, is this something that I legit want to do? And I think there, there needs to be more of that. I don't even know. I, I've been so far removed from school. Like, I don't even know if those are things that 
happen outside of like vocational schools, for example. Right. So well, like, I think where you grow up also really impacts that yeah. to your exposure. Like um, through my significant other, I've met a lot of people in careers that I had zero exposure to. Mm. And since talking with some of them, they entered into programs or classes or a degree in something I didn't even know existed. And so that's, that's I think, like tied into what you're saying. It's just mm. like that the schools can't provide all of that neither can parents but they're they're right there should like i wish there was something i don't know what that would be but yeah that there would be more well it's it's i think it's doing that's like you said it's it's really is about doing like you know when i think about my world and all the actors i've known you know probably 85 percent of people that i know that are in film production that are working like full-time like in any aspect whether it's like technical or costume or set design a lot of them, 85% of them, I'd say at least, wanted to become an actor first. And then they ended up on sets and realized, yeah, what's that guy over there doing? I'm yeah. more interested in that. But until you actually do it, you don't really know what you want to do. I always believe in the hands-on mm -hmm. experience, you know, like just being there. Um, I think that's important. You know, I wanted to bring up something that um, you and I talked about a while ago, and I don't know if you remember this, Erin, but I like to drop bombs during our show. Ready, I like it. So I remember a while ago, I don't know how long ago it was, we had this conversation, and I remember there was a word that I said that you hated. Was it intention? No. Because I'm like, I love that one. Uh -uh. <laughs> it, was, it was purpose. Oh, okay. What is your purpose? So well, I want why to know do you? <laughs> yes. I want to know why. It's annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, it's like, what is your purpose? I don't fucking know. Erin, what is purpose? your purpose? But does it bother you because it's like, it, 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 does it feel like it's, it's probing? Does it feel like it's like, you got to have an answer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, right. it's like one of those where, it, yeah, it's like, it's almost like an ultimatum in some weird way to me. It's just like, yeah, what is your purpose? I don't know. You don't, and I think like, you don't know how you impact people. But and for me, I hope I'm only impacting people in a positive way. So I don't know what my purpose is mm -hmm. and I don't really care. <laughs> right. I don't want to know my purpose. I, I, for me, it's irrelevant for like what I want to do. Like I said, my goal is, you know, an undercurrent of, of helping whatever that means for someone that you're, you're here to help. So yeah, maybe you're a mental health professional. Maybe you're an educator like I am. Maybe even in retail, you're helping someone who, you know, had a bad day and you're helping them pick out an outfit, you know, like there's certain aspects to whatever that could mean, but yeah, the word purpose drives me crazy. It's just, <laughs> I mean, you were like, I remember you lost your shit when I said it one day. Probably did. I mean, like, like you broke something. I feel, you know, I feel another undercurrent to it, which, which maybe is how I was raised, but like, I feel like there's a religious undercurrent too. Oh, really? I do. Like you have Interesting. That's interesting. I don't see that, but yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, like what is your purpose? Like God watching. I can see, I don't think God uses the word purpose. Oprah does, but not God. I, I can see the probing aspect of it. Like it's almost like a math teacher waiting for you to fill in the blank. You know, it's like purpose equals. I, mean, I, I can understand what you're referring to because a lot of times when you when you hear stories of people, you know, like quitting their job and they've decided to become like a missionary or or oh god or no seriously like they've they've received some kind of a sign and 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 they talk about this is now my purpose in life to my to 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 help the unfortunate you know like i can understand you thinking that or associating that that the word purpose with something that's a little bit more on a higher spiritual level thing yeah but aaron does it change if somebody says their purpose is to eat pizza and masturbate 
Like, is that, does that- yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? That's Fran's that's <laughs> purpose. That's Fran's <laughs> purpose. Right. Right. Don't, don't tell my business on the air. For a friend, what if, what if? Um, what if? There's a guy I know, he's Italian. Italian. <laughs> All right, we, I think, Coco, what are you doing over there? I feel like there's magic happening. Well, I don't know. Like, is there anything else you want to discuss? No, or? not okay. at all, because I can't wait for your magic because Coco does magic at the show. I always, oh. I always, well, I always kind of like toss a, a curveball at people, but just ask a couple of like, you know, rapid fire questions. Nothing too, mm. nothing too cray, but I've got a couple of questions. Are you ready? <laughs> Aaron, you're cracking me up. Thumbs up. Let's do it. Alrighty. <laughs> what is one thing that you own that you wish you didn't own? Something shameful or that you're embarrassed that you bought it? Oh, okay. Um, she froze. I know. I thought the video like yeah, she went just... frozen. <laughs> you were so still. She was. <laughs> wow. I mean, I worked with you in retail. I'm sure you bought a lot of shit you shouldn't have. <laughs> all donated. Honestly, it's all donated. Good girl. Um, I have to be, I'm honestly, I don't own anything that I haven't purchased for a reason. Okay. Okay, so what about something you've done that you shouldn't have done? Ooh. Oh, of course. I mean, like a billion things. Hello, you know? well, give us one. You don't have time for a billion. My, my, this, this breaks my heart. I was pulling out of a bank and I was stopped and I was trying to cross the road and right across from me was an older man on a motorcycle and he stopped and he was on a little bit of a hill and got unbalanced and fell off of it. And the motorcycle fell to the side and he couldn't pick the motorcycle up and I didn't help him. And that Wow, I just sat in my car watching and that bothers me. I think about that at least once a month. <laughs> Honestly, wow. like, like what was my problem? And I don't know, I don't know what my problem was. I like froze and just like watched him struggling. That's a whole other episode. I can yeah. talk, I know. <laughs> talk about that. I've, I've had these discussions before, but that's a whole other episode. Yes, no. okay. we'll have you back. I don't for know that. if it makes you feel better, but he's too old to be on a motorcycle. <laughs> His no, man. Grandkid should have brought his ass home. I don't know what heavy motorcycles are. I was like, Jesus. Oh my they God. Are, they are. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll be faster at this. Sorry. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Next question. What's the first thing that you notice about someone? Um, their height. Mm. I think because I'm so tall. Yes. Okay. So do you, do you prefer taller? Like if, if we're talking about like a significant other, do you prefer someone who is taller than you or your height or do you know um that's shorter than i am oh, okay yeah so I'm, I'm like six feet so it's hard yeah. to Aaron, you know. who, who who isn't shorter than you i mean i'm <laughs> short. i am i'm only five eight <laughs> <laughs> i'm only six inches <laughs> nice <laughs> and usually someone comments on my height that's, so height always gets brought up. We're like, oh, well, you're tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're a tall girl. You're healthy. <laughs> you, eat, <laughs> you eat a lot of celery? You eat a lot of celery. Terrible, terrible. Okay. What is the worst piece of advice that you've ever received? I guess these aren't really rapid fire, but it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um... Worst piece of advice. This is more like set Coco on fire for asking. <laughs> oh boy, this is tough. I'm just gonna sing while you're doing that. Do it. Just sing well. Worst piece of advice. Jesus Christ. It's some, I mean, oh my gosh. If you can't think of something that someone said to you, did you ever, have you ever given bad advice to someone? It's still something she has to think about, Coco. Yeah, I'm like, oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, rapid fire is like, is raisins or chocolate chips. Okay, okay. So I'll remove the rapid fire part of that. Oh, I like them. I mean, those are good questions. I just, I, uh... Yeah, she just needed a week to think about them. <laughs> 
Do you want to pass? We could pass. I have one more question. I want to pass. Let's get to it. Let's pass. Let's do one question. Last question. I'll wait till you finish drinking. Sorry. Okay, ready. No, no, no. It's all good. Why do you hate Jennifer Hudson so much? (laughs) Okay. So, where do I need to start? Where do I need to start? Wherever you want. Wherever you want. Okay. First of all, American Idol, great show. Okay. (laughs) Back in the heyday, that was like amazing. Kelly Clarkson, season one, incredible. And then, you know, Jennifer Hudson was good on that show. She, 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 I thought she was an amazing singer, all that good stuff. It really was that Oprah show that I was like, oh no. And that was when it was the, it was the last year of Oprah's show and it was behind the scenes mm-hmm. and Jennifer Hudson was invited to come on. And then that sort of thing, like she came on later. So you really learned how much planning and logistical arrangements needed to happen for that show to function. And so she came on, on a day, I think they were filming two shows. I might be wrong because it's been a while since I've seen it. But um, anyway, she flew out. She flew out to go to a party in another, in Chicago. Oh no, excuse me, not Chicago. Dallas, in Dallas. Yeah, right, and oh. then got delayed and stuck there. Because there was a huge snowstorm because Oprah <laughs> had decided to bring all the guests in early. Yeah. Because I they knew a storm was coming. I yeah. remember and that. And then she got stuck. And then on the episode, they brought Oprah into the room because there's a whole thing going back and forth how Jennifer Hudson would not tell Oprah how much weight she lost on Weight Watchers. And yes. Oprah was like, and Oprah was like, you know, I'm going to ask her because I'm yeah. Oprah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her. And then they brought her in the room the next morning and they're like, we have bad news for you. And she goes, oh, if you guys all start about that Weight Watchers thing. And she was, they were like, no worse than that last night she snuck out she got on a plane she went to dallas and she stuck there so now they held up the entire show and then i'll give the rest to Aaron. yeah and she so she eventually flies back and then oprah just brings her into a room and the camera's cut like she was like we're not recording this or whatever but what the problem for me was her attitude mm. and it was so pompous to me i just thought it was so rude yeah. <laughs> and what was funny about that is when Aaron had, and I talked about this like years ago, we had the same exact story. Like we were both like, how shitty was that? Yeah. You, know, you know what that room looked like though, right? Because Oprah brought her in that room and there was no cameras. And you know, Oprah was like, no cameras, please. And that door shut. Oprah probably looked at her for five minutes without speaking and looked at her and finally goes, I am Oprah. Whitney. Motherfucking Whitney. Right. Yeah. And she spelled it for her. She was like, R A H W I. And you know, she, Jennifer Hudson was like, oh shit, what's happening? Because you know, there was no agent allowed, no assistant allowed. Oprah probably was like, everyone's outside. Everyone's out. And But the thing is, she was recently on Andy Cohen's show. And he asked her about that. And she still was like, yeah, I messed up, but I blame, I blame Nellie for that. Like she put, she still blames yeah. someone else. And that's where yeah. I was just like, you came from American Idol. You yeah. have the talent, you know, you, she's a wonderful singer. She's really impressive in that form. But she it's was arrogant. She was arrogant and she, <laughs> she felt like she was entitled to all of this. Right. And then how her action impacted like it just it for me was it was very frustrating to watch on just lost respect for her it just felt very selfish i guess is the word i'm looking for you know and so yeah i mean and then from then on i just got really annoyed with her about everything so well that's how it is (laughs) that's how it is me working with coco it's it's you know we go on other shows talk to other people she shows up late she's mad at them for not serving snacks and it's, yeah, a, you know, and it's a virtual show they're not measuring Bye. up there's no pizza and she's like and there's only ugly people here like what's wrong <laughs> right you know yeah i heard i heard it's a disaster well you know we always love when you come and visit and this is not going to be the last time um i'm going to say this on the air because it becomes more of a contract when i say it because oh, okay. it's, it's on the air we would love for you to come back in a couple of months and you come to us with something that you feel like, how are you feeling needs? 
like some some subject, some topic that you feel like the show needs. Okay. You know, so tools. Yeah. I think we do. Yeah, I have ideas already. That sounds great. Good. Sweet. Coco, are you done punching her in the face with your questions? That yes, I am. I, like I apologize. Staff of people to do research. <laughs> I am done with the abuse. She's Thank like, you. no, no, it's rapid fire. What was the first time that you remembered meeting someone you loved? Where did you eat? I literally How went online. I literally found. Wearing? I literally found an article that said rapid fire questions, and I asked them. Rapid fire fault. would be like Aaron, Beyonce, or Rihanna, chocolate oh, yeah. or raisins, like right. that kind of thing. <laughs> that's not. That's boring. Diet Coke or regular, like that kind of stuff. Next time. Next right. time. Next Thank time. you so much, Aaron. You have Thank a good you night. Thank you. you. You too. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Hey. Right. So we have good guests on the show, right? Yes, we do. All right. So that as long as you stop bad mouthing them, we'll get the guests. Wow. Wow. Hey, listen, for the record, MLVC cut that out of the show. I know, I know. So they'll never know what you said. I said. All right. So it was a good show. I'm feeling good. You're feeling good. And um, that's it. What's the name of the show, Coco? It's called How You Feeling with Coco and Fran. Good night. Good night.